So Alabama had a big junior day. Lots of kids were there. Can we expect some to uh, commit to the University of Alabama soon? You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson has me, Jimmy Stein has him. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn, and thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Jimmy, Junior Day happened in Tuscaloosa yesterday. What you got? Well, it's uh, looking at some uh, notes now. Um, you know, it uh, it went extremely well. I show mean, prep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> People just got to see the show prep right there, all, all, all 25 <laughs> seconds of it. Uh, no, I, I mean, I knew you were about to ask about Junior Day, and, and uh, there were so many kids there, frankly. No one has publicly committed. Uh, and that's not a, a surprise or a disappointment. It was just very possible with that many kids on campus and everyone meeting with the coach that, uh, you know, commitments sometimes happen in that environment. And, uh, hey, it could be that a couple of kids are more, you know, privately committed. I'm not a big private commitment guy. I just think, you know, private commitments are kind of a soapbox issue with me about people getting excited about them because, Luke, how many, what percentage of public commitments flip a third. I mean, is it, is it clear? Is it easily a third of public commitments? So what percentage of private commitments flip 75%? I mean, so I, I don't, I don't really get excited about anything until a kid publicly commits. And then when they do, chances are they're going to follow through with it. But my point is uh, there was probably some of that private commitment stuff going on. Uh, there often is at uh, junior days like what Alabama did. Um, I didn't see, you know, what's kind of weird at the basketball game last night. And trust me, I was looking around. I didn't see any. Now, it could have been where I was sitting, but I didn't see any prospects. And I looked around because the game before, you know, Ryan Williams was there and Jalen Bachway was there. And uh, I didn't see it, but it, it was probably a long day. They got there very early. They did some early morning stuff. By the time basketball started, I imagine the vast majority of kids had already left to go back home because it was, you know, the game didn't even tip till 7.30. So, uh, but it went really well. I enjoyed reading the interviews that uh, that Joseph Hastings, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, got together uh, with kids who were there. Went really well. How about this note from one of the interviews with, I think, Turbo Rogers, who was there, firming up his commitment. He's remained committed to Alabama. Uh, Turbo says that uh, Sterling Dixon says he's gained 20 pounds in four weeks. Now, I don't know if that's an exaggeration because that sounds extreme, but, uh, you know, but we needed to add weight to Sterling and uh, man, Alabama Science Center is so good at the weight gain and the weight loss and the, how they literally make a science of combining the nutrition plan with the strength and conditioning plan set by Baloo. And it's like Baloo and the nutritionist working together. And, and it, it's, it's amazing the quick results they can get, whether you're talking about Jaheim Otis losing all that weight a, a year or so ago, and now uh, Sterling Dixon uh, claiming 20 pounds in four weeks. Uh, again, that that was just an offhand comment. I wouldn't read too deeply into it, but Sterling is a guy that, that does need to get a little bigger to play. I mean, muscle weighs more than fat. We all know this. I can gain 20 pounds in four weeks. 
no problem. I might gain 20 pounds on this trip to Lake Tahoe I'm on. But, uh, It'd be fun, wouldn't it? It'd be fun. It would be, but I, I do find to, like gain 20 pounds. I think we need purpose. to take that with a with as they say on several message boards a grade of salt because <laughs> I think what he's really saying is he's beefed up and that probably equates to more like eight pounds. I'm betting. I don't know what the math is. You know, the, the fictional uh, poundage to the actual poundage if there's a, a true formula. But I think that when you say, I mean, it's like, hey, my nephew's grown like four inches. Now, your nephew's probably grown like two inches since last time you saw him. And the problem is it's not just that they've grown tall, like, you know, their arms are longer, their feet are bigger, everything. So he he looks bigger. Same thing with Sterling Dixon. I mean, 20 pounds in a month. There, there'll be some nutritionist on here that'll say, you and I don't know what the hell we're talking about. I'm and they'll be right. <laughs> Correct. But just my point the, is, I'm just quoting the kid. I don't I know. know. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. I think don't take away. Don't take that as as fact. Exactly. I'm saying I'm take away from it. Oh, Sterling Dixon's getting bigger in a good okay. way. That's yeah. what I take away from that. Not that I wouldn't just go around saying he gained 20 pounds. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you if you lose inches, let's say you lose a couple of inches of, you know, with these kids being 18 years old, let's say you lose a couple inches of baby fat, but you replace it with with muscle from the weight room, you can, you can gain some considerable weight and sure. look a lot better. And, and, and that stuff can happen kind of quickly, particularly when paired with the nutrition plan. Uh, but anyway, it was just an interesting quote to me and the stories that uh, Joseph Hastings put together on BOL, a uh, real interesting quote from Turbo, uh, who, who, who once again reminded me, I knew this, but forgot Turbo's got uh, two siblings that attend the university of Alabama. So Okay. Um, he would be the third member of his family to be here. And uh, he reminded us yet again in that interview, he'd been recruited by Alabama since he was in the eighth grade, or at least talking to Gillespie since then. Uh, I, and I'm excited about Turbo. Uh, we talked about him on the last show. Luke, you mentioned, uh, you know, that he's he's transferring to Carver Montgomery. And uh, I, I'm excited about that. I want him in Alabama. I know you get good training and good coaching at IMG, but I, I want to see what he does against quality competition in Alabama uh, playing every week and uh, and seeing what his numbers look like compared to his 10th grade year, you know, when he was obviously a, a productive player. I saw him play against Hillcrest Tuscaloosa two seasons ago. Uh, so I've seen the kid play. He's got that uh, some natural running back ability. I like the lean, uh, the lean, you know, in, in other words, when he, when he, when he hits contact, there's a body lean there to where, where there's always going to be, a gain after contact and uh man every yard counts and uh boy he's got some quickness and burst to him as well um okay uh so where if he does assuming he is coming back to carbon montgomery where would you put turbo rogers in this group now you got naheem offered um we'll talk yeah. about him in the next segment uh micah dubose uh, a lot of people have him going to Auburn right now, but I think that's a 50-50 race at best. Right. Zion, you know, Zion Grady, Jared Smith, who uh, transferred uh, from Spain Park over to Thompson, Anquan Fagans, who visited Auburn this weekend. We'll talk about him in a minute. K.J. Lacey, Alvin Henderson. Good class. Uh, Antonio Coleman, oh. Eric Winters, Ja'Caleb Falk. Would you put him in that mix, or would you yeah. say he's a step behind that mix? Uh, kind of halfway in between what you just said. I, I, you named some real elite kids to me. Even and I'll tell you, a kid, I really like uh, is Derek Smith from from yeah. Southside Selma. 
I like him a lot. He was he was on campus uh, yesterday too. Uh, I, I I think off the top of my head, I think Turbo is one of these around number ten, you know, somewhere in there, like maybe as high as seven. You think but, he and Alvin Henderson are like? Yeah, they're one, one and two. Maybe you don't know really which one is which. Yeah, I like Turbo more than okay. Alvin Henderson, but barely, but barely. I mean, I mean, it's it's really tight to me. And really, the difference there is, in my mind, is Turbo's done it against better competition and the year he spent at IMG, whereas Alvin is playing, you know, that 1A schedule. Uh, now, if I saw verified measurables right next to each other and Alvin's were clearly better than Turbo's, then I might flip. I mean, that, that's how close it is. Uh, I, I like both kids. You don't uh, know the word, many other word commitment either, Jimmy. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I have commitment issues. This is what happens when you follow recruiting. You end up with nothing but commitment issues. You know uh, what? I bet it's got to be – boy, that's a great point. I wonder the guys who are in the recruiting industry, yeah. what their divorce rate is. Because, you know, like you sort of – your work can rub off on your life. And, like, you come home one day and you go, honey, I've been thinking about it. I appreciate all you've done for this family, and I'll never forget you. But I'm going over to Jane's house. <laughs> <laughs> I think what, what most the next three to four years there's probably a, there's a lot of flipping. There's probably a lot of flipping, and I would imagine it's more they see their family so little. It might be more like they call home and the wife says, "I, I can't live like this anymore." I don't have I'm a scholarship for you anymore. <laughs> and the and the coach husband is like, "This is really sad, and you're going to have to remind me again what your name is so I can be truly upset about this." But I've totally you're forgotten. Pushing me into the portal, into the. <laughs> Into the divorced portal? Uh, oh man, I've been. Well, in a- you know, you know what happens. These coaches, but the hours is now. Here's you know one thing about the hours is it's really only bad during that time they can be on the road recruiting. I mean, when they can be on the road recruiting, the expectation from the head coach is if you can be on the road recruiting, then you get your butt on the road and you are on the road and you're staying there until the rules say you have to come back. Uh, so that's when the hours are insane. The hours during the season might surprise some people. It's not, it's bad. It's a lot more hours than most of us in the regular workplace work. But uh, to my understanding, I, I think most things were so organized under Nick Saban. This is just my understanding. I think most of our coaches were home by 7.30 or 8 p.m. Uh, during the week, most of the time. Now they work through lunch, they get there early, uh, but but it's not a, working to midnight in the office thing. There's just the one rule is you don't leave before the head coach does, right? No one's leaving until Nick left. I mean, that's the rule. Nick leaves the office. Okay. Now we can go, but no one's go. No one's, no one's leaving before the head head coach does. Well, speaking of jobs, if you were to need a new job, I'm going to tell you where to go. Oh, sweet. LinkedIn, oh, you know we love LinkedIn over here at Locked on Bama. They've been such a loyal sponsor. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% 
of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Just linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job free. Terms and conditions, they're probably going to apply. Did I do that first locked on thing or no? That was the first one, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Okay. okay, it was the locked on thing, then the then the LinkedIn, and then the locked on thing. I wear a lot of hats, Jimmy, and not just because I'm cold and my hair is thinning out here. What is the temperature there? It's a 47 here in Tuscaloosa right now. It's about 28 right now, and is it sunny? Uh, that's fine. It's not really sunny. I haven't been outside. <laughs> uh, it's only. It's only nine here, and my wife and my seven-year-old went skiing. I'm, I'm just not a big skier. I might ski one day, but I'm looking forward to wrapping this up and going to the casino. So that tells yeah. you anything about me. Your blackjack now, guy. Your blackjack guy. I blackjack and I poker. I'm big on like I, I was sort of a blackjack snob for a long time. Where like I don't like sitting next to people that don't know what they're doing. That if they have an ace and a four and they're like, I don't want to hit it because I don't want to screw the cards up. I'm like, you're an idiot. No, please. That you have five. You have a. You're standing on five. five. Yeah. Quit doing that. I don't care what you think is going to happen. Play the math. But I've I've gotten off that run now. So poker has sort of moved me on to uh, just being a regular blackjack dude and a regular poker dude. But Jimmy Naheem offered. I'm a fake like I'm playing slots, so I get free drinks, dude. <laughs> Just sit there hitting buttons. I like. Yeah, it. yeah. I'm like, wait. I'm, and what I do is I see where the waitress is and kind of get about in you know, 20 feet ahead of her and sit at the slot and uh, look, look, have that look on my face like I'm losing all my money. But really, what I just want is the free bourbon and coke. Oh God, I love that. I do that on Southwest, which I flew over here. <laughs> if I, if I know the flight's not full, I will sit on Southwest on a phone call that's not actually a phone call, and I'll just have my phone up face going, "No, you tell that sob." I said he's fired. And don't even don't. I hope somebody does sit next to me so I can just cuss them out. They're like, "We're not sitting next to this guy." And then I get three out. Um, but anyway, wow. yeah, I know I'm pretty. I'm pretty violent like that. Um, okay. Extreme. Naheem offered. Oh yeah, love this guy. Well, I hope you don't love him too much. He just committed to Ohio State. He's number one player in the state of Alabama. Number four player in the country. Um, I don't know necessarily that all is lost with him. I'm sure right. you're going to tell us, hey, it's a long way. I mean, shoot, he's got a year. I mean, practically a year till he signs. Um, and eventually, you know, and now he did just take a visit to Ohio State this weekend, so he's been up there when it's cold. I've been to Columbus a bunch. I got children up there, and it is cold. But um, they, Ohio State is, look, I don't mean this as a shot at them, but they're opening the coffers. They're doing a great job with NIL. It's working extraordinarily well. And um, if Alabama wants to get on board, they, they might have to kick up a little more. Uh, Kevin Steele actually had an interview recently where he said, hey, Alabama wasn't paying as much as these other places. I mean, that's essentially what he said, and, it, and he's probably right. And you can't just rely on, hey, I want to wear this this A like I'm wearing the Jalen right. Milrow rowback right now. It's got to be, what have you done for me lately if you want to get some of these cats? And, uh, again, nothing wrong with it. We set up this system, so let them be. But uh, Naheem offered the number one player in the state of Alabama committing to Ohio State a year early. That's eye-raising. 
It is. And uh, yeah, you already said there's a lot of time here. So I I don't think all is lost forever here. I think Alabama is going to recruit him like he's uncommitted and, and, and do all they can to get back in it. And and Alabama is competitive uh, in the NIL space, but uh, I I think uh, there's a long time here and Ohio state is on a tear. And one thing that I hope people understand is this is certainly my strong opinion. I feel strongly about this. Uh, offered commitment to Ohio State has nothing to do with the new coaching staff. I, I'm, I'm 100% sure that uh, had Saban still been in place and everything been just like it was, this kid still would have committed to Ohio State because uh, Ohio State's just on a tear. They're being very aggressive right now. Um, and, and we'll see what changes between now and December. That's a lot of time. So let's see what changes and let's see what, what Alabama can do. And if, if the kid is lost, the kid's lost. You just make up for it by sign, by evaluating. Evaluating is how you there, – there's other corners out there that will prove to be as good as this kid that you can still sign. I mean, th- those are facts. I mean, uh, that, that's a fact. The idea that, that this kid is absolutely the best and will be the best corner signed in this class, well, possible uh, – you know, there's just a lot of good players out there, so so no reason to panic, but uh, but no doubt it's a little bit of a blow because you got to do well in state and uh, and this kid's right up the road at a friendly program. Uh, definitely, I mean, Barker's a lot closer to Tuscaloosa than it is Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Um, then there's Anquan Fagans. He was at Auburn this weekend. I think Alvin Henderson was there too. I know Alabama's pursuing Henderson, maybe not quietly. I mean, maybe. Since they have Turbo Rogers and they feel good about him, maybe they're not pursuing him as heavily. I don't know. I don't think it's crazy to project today. I mean, I'm just projecting today to show how fair I can be about it. Today, I would just tell you that Rogers will stick with Alabama and Henderson will sign with Auburn. I mean, that that just that feels right to me. Uh, But Alabama is going to continue to recruit Alvin Henderson. And then uh, Anquan Fagans. was committed to USC for a long time now, uh, opened back up. He seems to have visited Auburn a lot. I I, I still kind of like Alabama's chances. I don't know if it's a 50-50 or, you know, 40-60, but I still like Alabama to be in this thing. I think Alabama solidly in the mix for all of those guys. Henderson, Alvin Henderson, uh, also uh, Naeem Offord that we just talked about, the corner from Parker. Um I, I, th- I think all these kids, uh, and Anquan Fagans for sure, any Thompson kid, I think is going to give Alabama a fair listen. Uh, so I, I think Alabama's in the mix for all of it. Just, again, very, very, very early. And way too early, I've seen a couple comments, way too early to get concerned about rankings, where 2025 20, kids are ranked. That's That process has begun, and, it, and it's be- – but, it, you know, it's like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay's Big board, okay? They're big board for April of 2024. You need to start paying attention to that. There's some accuracy there. What was their, what's their big board going to look like for 2025 today? Why would you put a lot of credence into that? Yet at the same time, you're putting credence into recruiting rankings that are also yeah. th- that many months from being finalized. So uh, don't, don't get too concerned. Recruiting rankings are fluid. They're always in development until they're final. The 2024 rankings are just now fine. Now is when you can start being upset if you choose about 2024 rankings. Uh, but don't be upset about 2025. That, that's just in development. 
All right, Jimmy, we're going to talk about FanDuel, and we're going to talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide getting another big basketball win when we come back. But, of course, I want to tell you about FanDuel because it's America's number one sports book. It is so much fun. You can't beat FanDuel with a stick, and it's we're a week from the Super Bowl now. It's time to celebrate America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super – Bets, pun intended. Look, FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three or four or five or six or seven or eight. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, be it the Chiefs or be it the uh, 49ers, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, which players will have X amount of receptions, X amount of completions, X amount of passing yards, or will there be a safety? They've got all that stuff. How many points will be scored? So much more than that. New customers, you can join today and you'll get 200 bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So Alabama basketball, you know, I'm going to tell you all the truth. If if there's some basketball people on here who say, hey, man, why do you relegate this to the third, third segment? I want to tell you the truth. Football moves the meter more, and, it's, and it was a big junior day weekend, and that's what we wanted to lean into. And I love basketball. And if it were up to me, I could Ooh. do a Alabama basketball podcast. But it, it does not get as much traction. And no, Auburn folks, your basketball stuff doesn't do as well as your football stuff. It just doesn't. I know you think it does. It doesn't. Your football is king, especially in the state of Alabama, but mostly everywhere. So don't get – I don't want basketball people to think that we are putting basketball yeah. on the back burner. I really don't because this team both love it. is awesome. Did you go to the game last night? I did. Awesome. I did. I was there. Awesome. Great, great environment. People were fired up. A lot of booing of the officials going on. Dude, Jimmy, that, that's interesting. You know, in true Alabama fashion, instead of talking about being a true rival by 30, that's a good team. Mm-hmm. There's some BS in the way that that game was officiated. Now, people will say, well, I'm complaining about officiating when you win by 30. I think when you lose, complaining about officiating just sounds like whining. And I hate myself. For, I always, always get upset with myself when I do that. But hey, when you win by 30 and you're complaining about the officiating, something was something was amiss. Something stunk in Denmark. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm trying to pull it up really quickly because I didn't have it. They uh, shot 23 free throws and we had only shot one at one point. Man, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's just ridiculous. That's I mean, and we we got a lot of points in the paint. It wasn't like we didn't get a lot of points in the yeah. paint. We scored 40 points in the paint and got fouled three times. And they they scored like 20 points in the paint and got fouled a hundred times. It's just, it, 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 it literally, I hate saying this, but it literally looked like we were getting called for fouls and they would be doing the same exact thing and they wouldn't call it. it it's what it looked like. Now, obviously we're heavily biased and, you know, and, and that that's going to factor into that. And I'm not saying they were, they were crooked. I'm just saying, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they all lost their contacts. I don't know. <laughs> well, but there are some interest. These some of these stats are mind blowing from this. And again, please, people, please, 
pray at the altar of Nate Oates. He is doing wonderful. Don't even sweat it. If Alabama goes to Auburn and lose, loses Wednesday, which they they will be projected to lose, I'm going to say right now they will lose because Auburn is a good team. They're going to be geeked up. This is a big game, and they haven't lost at home a lot, so don't be surprised if we lose. But don't let that deter you from anything. I'm – that's just what I want to talk about. I'll more than Who that. Who do you think is the best team in the country? We've talked about this before. Didn't we both settle on maybe that UConn might be the best team? I think you have to put UConn one, but it's almost like what I, boy. What I, would, what I would say is if UConn was playing at Auburn Wednesday with the same atmosphere that Alabama's going to get walking into that place, Auburn beat UConn too. Agreed. Agreed. So, so now I, I won't look at a loss as if it's a failure on Alabama's part. But that being said, I think Alabama's got a real shot. You know why? Because sometimes Alabama has that night from behind the arc and it'll be tough to beat. But I give Auburn a lot of credit. They're they're good. It's not just a tough atmosphere. They're a good team. Well, and not only, okay, so I think it's funny you say Alabama's going to have one of those nights from behind the arc. Because you look at this score of 99 to 67 and you're like, oh, Alabama, you know, they had uh, 45 points and three-pointers. What you don't look at in the scoreboard, maybe, is they were 15 of 48 for 31%. And you're like, oh, my God, you, sh- you shot 48 threes, only shot 31%, only went to the line 10 times. But here's an amazing stat that this, this stat to me is the football equivalent of a tight end having three touchdowns for Alabama football and 100 yards receiving. 10 of 10 from the free throw line. How many times have we heard Alabama fan, fans complain about we can't shoot free throws? We can't shoot free throws. Look, I know we only took that's 10. It's tough to go 10 of 10 with different dudes. That's right. I mean, Ty Spears was two of two. Uh, Diabate was two of two. And then Sears was six of six. We only had three different players go to the line. That's another problem. with the, the best free throw shooting team in Alabama basketball history. I read that recently. Oh my. Right now our percentage is the best free throw shooting team in Alabama history. And uh, Latrell Reitzel hasn't missed all season. Now he hasn't shot. He's only he shot somewhere in the twenties. He's like twenty five to twenty five or something. But speaking, uh, yeah. speaking of Reitzel, he had twenty eight minutes. Now I put out a tweet about three minutes ago in the game. He hadn't scored. Now he ended up hitting two three pointers late. Man. But we he started played twenty eight minutes. Only had we had five total rebounds. Not bad for a guard. And he had um, six total points. Uh, he did have three steals and um, just one turnover. But what I'm saying is, okay, so one of our starters, six points that we, you know, he, he averages more than that, certainly. And he got his points in garbage time that didn't really matter. Grant Nelson only got in 14 minutes. The guy who's really been coming on. The I guy who we, the guy who we wanted to guard, Tolu Smith, in the last game we played them, he's only one of three, uh, only had two points. He had five rebounds remarkably in 14 minutes, but he did foul out. And we won by 32. They went, they went to the free throw line 32 times. Now they only made 19 of 32. But and they only shot, they shot 16 three-pointers and only made four. So they actually, you know, had 25%. What I'm saying is these stats are so bizarre for this particular game. Um, and then Alabama still wins by 32. And it and it makes you wonder, are Boy, have we sold this team short? Do you what do you attribute all this to? Do you attribute it to the tough schedule early in the season that made this team like Early. I mean, I do. I look at it Early. like, hey, I look at it this way, Jimmy. I remember when um when I was much younger playing basketball, and I'm I'm sort of wanting to do this with my daughter. I want her to play up up a level and yeah. get better. 
you know, and then you once you play up a level, when you get to your regular game, all of a sudden things come a lot easier. Now it's, it's a balancing act because you don't want to destroy confidence too. But I think that uh, Nate Oates, that's where he did a marvelous coaching job in that we, you know, we played Purdue and Arizona and Creighton and all these teams on the road and, and all over God's green earth. I mean, who goes to Creighton? We don't need to go to Creighton, but we went to Creighton just for the experience of playing in Neville Arena, of playing at, at uh, the hump. You know, that's what we went for. We didn't go because we owe Creighton anything. I, nobody knew where Creighton was 10 minutes ago. So, um, we went for the experience, and and instead of when the team loses all these tight games, and most of them were tight at least for a while, we could have gotten down on ourselves. And go, we're just not in this caliber. Instead, they looked at it another way, and they turned it around. And they're like, "Let's go now. We can go kick some ass." And that's what they're doing. And boy, Auburn's playing well too. They went on the road uh, down big at halftime against Ole Miss, and uh, scored fifty something points in the second half. Scored ninety one points. Uh, this is going to be a war, Jimmy, a war that I really, frankly, honestly, I hope I'm skiing that night so I don't have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the opportunity. I, I think I think um, I'm curious. I, see, I kind of like games like this in, in this one sense, not losing to Auburn. I don't like that at all. What I mean is I like playing a game where it feels like the pressure's off. Like, yeah. hey, if you find a way to win this game, it is going to be the funnest night of the whole year. But yeah. if, you, if you don't win, like I said, UConn's not winning this game either. I mean, UConn's not going to roll into Auburn when they're at that fevered pitch that they, they get up for, for the Alabama game. I saw Janae Broom say just this morning, though, this Alabama game is personal. I'm like, oh, here we go. Why, did he say, why is it personal? First of all, it's Janae. I like how you call him Janae. I do like that. Like that. It was an accident. It was, an accident. It was literally an accident. I'm going to stick with it, but that was it. Did I say that? Janae. And also, you and I both stood up the other day. This was, was this is why our, our podcast is the best and the worst. Uh, because the other day <laughs> we were talking about, you should go South Carolina, that coach, uh, Paris something. And I go, yeah, Paris Johnson. And you go, yeah, Paris Johnson. And we just, yeah. talking, like his name is Paris Johnson. His name is not Paris Johnson. That was an offensive lineman who played at uh, Ohio State. Oh, yeah, the Ohio State tackle. Yeah, boy, his that name was a big is Lamont Harris. I'll let, somebody called me out on that on the pod. I'm still like, not over losing Paris Johnson to Ohio State, people. That would have been something if, like, Paris Johnson just gave up football to start coaching Ohio, South Carolina basketball. And he's awesome because South Carolina's good. They went to Georgia and did, I mean, sh- I'm glad we played. Players that were butchering already. the names like the best basketball people in the league, the South Carolina head coach, who's probably should be coach of the year, if not Nate. And then uh, Janai Broom that I just messed his crawl. Like I'm just that. getting Jimmy. I'm just getting word you and I just won the Kenny Stabler broadcast excellence broadcast <laughs> award. Okay, uh, all right, that's going to do it for today. We podcast. know even how to say it, but ask us about Alabama. We even know how to say Asaya Funga. We do Who know how to say Asaya Funga. Who else has that? Yeah, I know. And if you do get it, get a cream for it. I'm just teasing. I like the name, Messiah Fungway. It kind of sounds like something you get while you're on a trip at Lake Tahoe and Margarita. That's for people who wondered what this is. This is the key. Like uh, apparently, this was an Embassy Suites or whatever, and they redid it. We're with some ski group, and um, so it's a Margaritaville now. And last night, like I'm so tired. Like our flights were delayed. Everything screwed up. I wanted to watch the Bama games, so I did. Been up since like three thirty in the morning. 
And now it's late out here, not late out in Tahoe, but like nine o'clock. So like 11 o'clock my time. And my wife and my, my daughter are hungry. So we go downstairs to eat at this, you know, I want a Jimmy Buffett theme and it's freezing cold. And you got fins to the left, fins yeah. playing all the time. They got nothing but TVs with people surfing and playing in the sand. You know, I ordered, I ordered the buffalo shrimp for some reason. I was like, <laughs> why, why did I come to Tahoe and get the buffalo shrimp? <laughs> so, so your room, your room key is like a, a watch? Or it's like it's like a Disney thing. Oh, okay. You put cool. that on the thing like that. I don't know if you've been to Disney. Like you don't have any kids, but I mean, yeah, you, you do I've it. Been to Disney. Disney. I've, been, I've done. I've done Disney. I went to. I, I went to Disney without kids, which means I went to Epcot and did the beers around the world thing. I got kicked, well, out, of every, got kicked out of every. I got kicked out of every country. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more. Until then, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.